Another week here at Sideline Sports. We got Jake down at the bottom, John Blue Hawks 13 up top. Special guest, two time Super Bowl champ with the New York Giants, Gary Reasons, joining us tonight. Good evening, Gary. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be with you guys. Thanks. We appreciate you taking some time to come out tonight. So we're talking a little bit before the show with you. And, you know, we knew you grew up in uh, the Texas area. And I, I asked you, were you a Dallas Cowboy fan growing up? And, you know, you responded yes. I'll let everyone know that. So how, how did it feel to come to New York and do so well in New York? I mean, winning two Super Bowls, but having to play against your team twice a year. <laughs> well, you know, you, you understand where you get drafted. You don't have any choice in that. And you go and hopefully it worked out. And, and, and it did for me with the Giants. I, and trust me, I love the Giants. I'm a Giants fan through and through all the way. But as I was a kiddo growing up here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, everything was big blue here. Uh, you know, Dallas Cowboys this, Dallas Cowboys that. It was great Roger Staubach time, Danny White time, those kinds of teams uh, which, which really had some good success early on. Tom Landry, you've got good remembrances of him. Uh, and then when I started to get into the league is when they let Tom Landry go. So that kind of started the Jerry Jones era, which really is kind of hit or miss, however, however you want to look at that. But I was a Cowboy fan growing up. And, you know, the way I tell people all the time is that they had a chance to draft me and they just didn't do it. The Giants won. They, 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 they got, they got the, the draft pick. Uh, the, the, the uh, I think the Cowboys actually had a draft pick that went just after me as a, in a linebacker, Steve Diossi, who, who wound up uh, playing with the Giants and me uh, on our team, got, got a Super Bowl championship ring for himself. So uh, it all kind of worked out. But uh, I'm here in the Dallas area now with, with what I do. And it's been a, I've been, been back in the Dallas-Fort Worth area since 20, 2011, I think. So 11, 12 years here and just, uh, just enjoy being here. Love this is home with friends and um, you know, it's, uh, it's something, someplace that I, that I really enjoy. Hey, as long as you're still a Giants fan at heart right now, I'll take it. Because if you sat here and told me, I played all these years for the Giants, I love my time there, but I'm still a Cowboys fan at heart, I, I, would, be, I would be a little hurt, I have to admit. Yeah, last year, last season, I, I contributed to WPIX out of New York as a, as a, a weekly contributor for, for that show. And, uh, you know, that, that was the first real uh, – time for me to kind of contribute as a broadcaster. I've been a broadcaster guy since I got out of the NFL in 1994. Love it. I started ABC Sports and spent four years traveling the country there. And then I've been with Fox Sports and and uh, and now Bally Sports for the last 22, 23 years. I, wow. you know, I'm a grizzled veteran in the broadcast world, <laughs> which, which, is, which is pretty unique. But I've been involved in football for over 50 years. Thanks. Started wow. playing Can't football. avoid it. Well, yeah, I started playing football when I was eight years old. And uh, I, as a player, uh, as a broadcaster, and I've even was the head coach in the arena football team, and you did a little coaching. So I, I've, I've seen a lot of the a lot of the angles around the sport, and, and I'm still a fan. I love it. Yeah. So Gary, I, I I was thinking about this before the show, and I I forgot to bring it with me. I have a Lawrence Taylor jersey, and I was going to wear it Ooh, specifically nice. for the interview because I was like, oh, Gary played with Taylor, and you know, it just. I mean, among other greats, I was like, oh, that'd be really cool to wear, you know, one of your former teammates' jerseys. And I totally forgot to grab it. But I got to ask you, are there any good LT stories that, that you can share? Because I'm sure there are I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there are stories that you could tell us off air that are not appropriate. I mean, you tell, can share but, them if you but, really want to. But are there any good ones I mean, that you know you can share for sure? 
Well, I'll share this one. So, you know, we used to go in training camp whenever we got down to one of days, uh, Lawrence and I would, would find a golf course. You know, Lawrence is a, is a rabid golfer. And today he still plays a couple of rounds a day, every single day. He's always out there. He's got a, got a, got a cigar in his hand and just, just enjoying life. But, but back then, you know, he was a competitive golfer and tried to, tried to win and everything. And, you know, one time he, he hits a ball so darn far and so darn high, and it was it, it hit the tree line and kind of went a little bit far. And uh, he, he called the plug rule on it for, for, for that. And I'm like, what the heck? The ball, you know, you hit it out of bounds. And, and you know, he's, he, you know, we had a little big argument about that. But uh, I got him on the hole anyway. And uh, But uh, Lawrence is, is a competitor. And, you know, any time that you have someone like that on your team and with all the skills and abilities that Lawrence uh, pulled together, um, you know, he's the greatest of all time, the greatest defensive player in the history of the National Football League. And I got to play side by side with him for for a long time in New York. And it, it was a pleasure. And, you know, the you know, whatever Lawrence did with his time off the, off the field, that was his time. But when he was in the locker room, he was a teammate. And when he was on the field with us, he was he was doing everything that he could to to win football games. And and with his talents, uh, we won a lot of football games. What kind of teammate was he in the locker room? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because we don't really hear what kind of teammate he was. We kind of just hear what he was yeah. like off the field. You hear fun about all his antics. Yeah, fun-loving guy. You know, always, always he'll, he'll talk to anybody. He's not he's he's not one of those guys that's a, kind of a snooty kind of guy. He he just he just enjoys life. And uh, you know, you could tell if he was he had been a little tired the previous night and got in there a little <laughs> bit, bit bushy-eyed, but. Uh, uh, you know, in our in our meeting room, we used to have we used to, guys used to wear hoodies in there all the time because uh, it was uh, it was a little cold in there. But 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 I remember Mark <laughs> was it was a was a he sat in the corner, had the hoodie pulled up, and, and when Belichick would click the lights off, I could I could I was kind of back there. He just kind of just kind of kind of got to go. <laughs> all right. So another question about LT because I love hearing stories from from your perspective because you don't get this stuff. And I, you mentioned he was a great teammate, so I got to ask this because this is a rumor. I've heard it. Everybody's heard it. And I, if you can't confirm it, you can't, but I got to know. Is it true that he sometimes would send a stripper to other teams, <laughs> opposing players to tire them out? If you don't know, you don't know. Or if you can't admit that you know, that's okay. But I have to ask because it's such a wild story and everything you hear about him, it seems real. But then you describe him as this great teammate. So I'm like, is it true? Would he really do something like that? No, Lawrence would do, you know, pretty much anything that he could to help the football team and, and win. So I, I can't confirm, but I can't deny. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to implicate anyone here in that no, story. Right. So, I'll take uh, it. But you know what? It sounds plausible that if you could, if you could tire out one of their, one of their, uh, their horses, hmm, that might, that might be <laughs> good. Sense. So so you Gary, go on, yeah, go on, JB. So you were involved in some of the greatest plays, you know, in probably the, the second Super Bowl you were in, right before the NFC Championship game. You were a great defensive player, but you also played on the punt team. When they called the fake punt, what were you thinking? Are you talking about the NFC Championship game when I called yes. it? Fake? Yeah, I actually audible to it on the field. Uh, wow. So, you know, and, and really what I saw was pretty, pretty clear. We had had this uh, fake punt in, in our arsenal uh, you know, for, for, for weeks. And then we practice it again because the way that the San Francisco 49ers were, were able to, uh, they covered punch, they went six up front, two doubles on the outside and one returner to the, in the back. So that makes 10, 11, right? So six guys in the box. 
Well, ultimately, they had doubles out here, which means they should have six here, but they only had five players and one deep. So one guy actually didn't show up. They only they played with 10 players on that mm. play. So the, the, luckily, the, uh, the hole that I was supposed to run through on this, on this audible call was right where he was supposed to line up, which, which made it even much more of a gaping hole. And guys, you know this. I wasn't the fastest guy out there. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was good enough to get me 30 yards. And, the, and I still hold the record, I think, for the longest and highest average per carry in, in the NFL playoffs, you know, at one carry for 30 yards, which is pretty, right. so I'll take pretty good average. <laughs> Anyway, it sets up a field goal for us to, you know, to, to go on and win this football game. So that's really the end of the story. But it was a, a cool thing. I actually walked by Parcells as I go out on the field, and and he he mumbled at me. He says, "Run it if it's there," you know. And you know, <laughs> nobody knows what he's saying, but I do. And sure enough, it was there. But uh, it was a it was a good play, and you know, happy to have pulled it off. So you mentioned Belichick earlier. Uh, Can you John. talk to us? A little bit about Belichick, and is there any anything about Belichick we might not know? Any stories or any any quirks or anything about Belichick that you can talk to yeah. us about? Give us a little something about. It's a good him. question, John. He's a he's a closed door. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things about Belichick. One is he doesn't he he hates to get his his nose sunburned. He would wear a lot of white uh, sun repellent uh, on the uh, on there and did it all through training camp. And it just, you just think of Bill and he's walking around. looks like he's got something on his face all the time but, but because he didn't, he didn't like that. And secondly, he hated, hated for us to sit on our helmets. And so hang on a sec. Got a scam call coming in here. Of course. Got to love this. Yeah. We all, we all get those damn things. Gosh. Anyway, so, so, you know, he hated for us to sit on our helmets and he had a rule. Can't sit on helmets, you know, this is when he's with the Giants, but when he went to the Browns after after our Super last Super Bowl, and we had had training camp with them, the first thing we all did was we lined up on the sideline and we had all of our helmets stacked up. We all <laughs> stacked down. <laughs> and, 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 and Bill's, yeah, he basically said, "You MFs, you know." <laughs> so with Belichick, I got a chance to interview Al Grove uh, about a year and a half ago, and I asked him, I said. If you look at Belichick, he looks grumpy and just not happy. And, you know, in real life, is he like that? And Al was like, no, he's a great guy. That was a player's perspective because Al was with him in the coach's room. From a player, did you get that same side of him, or is he just like the way he is with the fan, uh, the media? Hey, we all understood that Bill burned the candle. You know, he was always going to put all the hours in that he could to make us better and you know, give us information and try to put a game plan in place that makes us, you know, uh, you know, have a put us in a position to win and be successful on the field. That's what a coach's job is supposed to do. And and Bill take and still today, you know, he's one of the most most artful guys of putting a game plan together. Um, you know, there was he is he's kind of dry. He's you know he hasn't changed over the years whatsoever. What you see is what you get. Um, you know, Bill Parcells. I think he learned something large largely from Parcells about how to run a team and really about communications outwardly outside of the building. And the rule is this, and this is a Parcells rule. He goes, guys, we are in the business of collecting information. We are not in the business of disseminating information. So just think about that. And when you think about Bill Belichick and how he's conducted himself with the media and players and everything else over the years, it all comes down to that single principle. We are not in the business of disseminating or giving out information. We're always in the collection business. So the more you know about your opponent and about and about situations, 
gives you a better opportunity, one, to prepare for that. And so the biggest takeaway from me and in, in the, the Belichick and Parcells era was really, you know, just understanding how to prepare. Preparedness is was what gives you the ability to, to succeed and when things are going in perhaps a different way. And and I've taken that, I've taken that and, and shaped that into life and into to, into into business. And you know, I, I when I do some public speaking, I always talk about being prepared and, and, and going on and having I have a little game plan to teach people how to be successful in anything that they do. And and preparedness is is certainly uh, one of the key pillars of what that is. And, and Belichick is a master of that, and he continues to do that today. So what did you take from Parcells, Belichick, and grow? I mean, you had a great coaching staff in the, with the Giants back then. When you coached the Arena League team uh, for the, the two different seasons, what did you take from their coaching styles with you? Yeah, all of it. You know, I, I'm, I'm a chameleon. I literally had pulled everything that I could from every one of those guys. I talked to Al Grill on the phone. I didn't talk to Belichick, but I, I went down to, to Dallas. I was in Oklahoma City coaching that team, and I went down to Dallas and spent a, spent a day with, with Parcells when he was with the Cowboys then. And, you know, just, just trying to glean some insights and, and, and take away. Uh, you know, football is football. It's, it's not a little, little different uh, mix on the indoor game versus the outdoor game. But really, how do you deal with people? How do you deal with players? How do you deal with the media? Uh, you know, I, I, me being in the media myself, I, you know, that, that, that's never been a problem or issue with me. Uh, and, you know, so I, I probably usually don't put my foot in my mouth most of the time. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, just to talk, take things from each one of them. And that's what I would tell people on, on when, I, when I do uh, speak to them in large groups is that whenever you, whenever you encounter someone, you want to take something away from that encounter, whether it's your first time meeting them and talking to them for the first time, make sure that you gain something from that conversation from that individual, because everyone has something to give or share. I don't care who they are, what they do. Everyone has that. If you go into every conversation or every situation that you have and you're a sponge and you're taking that in, uh, you know, you're just going to assimilate all that in your own way, but you're going to be more prepared and, and, and better for it. Love that. So you played, we were talking about Lawrence Taylor before, but you also played with Carl Banks. I mean, you played with you, that linebacking core is probably one of the greatest linebacking cores in, in football history. So I wanted to know not only what did you learn from them, but just being on the field with them, you know, what was that experience like, you know, as a unit, what were you guys like? What was not just the off field stuff, but you know, how did it work on the field together? How was that? Hey, Jake, it's okay to call us the best linebacker core of all time. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey. You know, Carl and I came into the same year, 1984, and and we kind of had the same path. Uh, Carl, number one draft pick, first round draft pick. I'm a fourth round draft pick. Uh, Parcells was really loyal to the to the veterans on the team, and so he didn't he didn't we didn't step right in and start. We had to kind of earn that those starting rights, and then Carl and I both did through camp and early in, in the season. We didn't start until the sixth week of the, of our 1984 season, our first season together. Both of us started at the same time. We were playing against Atlanta. And then from there, we, we, we stayed together with, you know, our, our linebacking group through three, three seasons. So our, our Super Bowl 21 victory in 1986 season, you know, that we were it. We, we were the linebacking core. Plus we had Andy Head and Byron Hunt. They, those guys also were, were very, very talented and skilled and able to do things. And Pepper came in uh, along that in kind of in 1986 and, 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 you know, perked us up a little bit more with, it, with his play. So we had a good group, and it was a it's a good group that stayed together for a long time. And and when you when you have those pillars, you don't have that in football now because of free agency and, and changes in the contracts. 
But uh, when we pulled those guys together, we have 22 to 25 players that played together six, seven years. You don't, you don't get that anymore. Yeah. That, is, that is uncommon. So that is, uh, that is something that we built on, and Parcells was trying to build that, that team for long-term success. And you know, when, when he left after our 90 season, he knew that we were getting a little long in the tooth, which means that uh, uh, you know, we probably had uh, kind of reached some of our, our better days, most of us. And uh, so I, I raised my hand in that category, and those guys uh, all, you know, all, all talk about it too. You never know when your career is going to end or what is, what's going to happen, but uh, we, tried, we played as long as we could, with as, with, which is good as we could. And, uh, but we got a couple championships, and I think that uh, was, a, was a great career, at least for me it was. When uh, when Scott Norwood was out there kicking the what could have been the game winning field goal, what were you thinking at that particular moment, and what was the the feel like on the sidelines? Because you know that was a, a close as close as it could be to to hitting, and as a Giant fan, you know it was amazing to watch. I knew going in, you know, was, we're we're trying to stop them come, coming down the field, and you know, they, they get to where I think it was a 47 yard range. And that Scott was not a, a long field goal kicker, a long range field goal kicker. So I, I kind of thought that was at the top of his range or, or close to it. And, you know, I was not on, on the field goal block team. So I'm on the sideline. I, I have nothing to do with that. And I can see guys and you know, up and down the sidelines and I'm looking at them, you know, and they're, they're, they're holding hands, they're praying there. Some guys are turned around, can't, can't watch it. You know, I'm, I'm just looking straight at it. I'm thinking, this, this guy's going to miss it. He's going to miss it. And sure enough, he did. You know, so Scott Norwood, I mean, Scott Norwood um, was uh, just, just took care of business the right way on that day. Uh, I like that. did that. That was, that was a I slip up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, that was the only time I've been a broadcaster and I've ever mispronounced a name. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's, so, uh, that's uh, awesome. just the one last thing I want to want to ask you, Gary. Besides your favorite sports movie, which is kind of a question of the day, but what do the Giants need to do to to rebound to get where you guys were, to be perennial contenders and possibly back to the Super Bowl and Super Bowl champs again? Uh, they got a long way to go. I mean, their their offensive line last year, I think, was uh, it, it just was was never consistent enough to help out the run game as well as the passing game. Uh, I, it's hit or miss. They had guys in and out. They did not have the consistency there, and so it hurts them. So I think hopefully this year they're going to have a lot more consistent play. I'm not going to say they're going to be great. You don't have to be great, but you need to be consistent. And that way, you know, a play caller can call plays and hopefully they feel like at least the offensive line can hold up in this situation and, and, and do some things. Um, you know, Saquon, you know, God love him. You know, he's, he's, he's played as hard as he can, but he's been injured, and you know that's not the you know that's not the guy you want to roll out there. Um, you know, then the receiver core. You know, it's 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 getting there. It has some talent, and it needs to have. The, they need to make some plays. And I think that Daniel Jones is is still a very capable quarterback. He's a, he's in my mind almost a dual threat type quarterback. And I think we need to expect him to use his legs a little bit more than perhaps what he has done over the last several years. Uh, but at this, but but this time he's he's a leader. He's a guy. That, he's going to be market remarkably better this year than I think he has the previous year, just from experience. The experience in the league, especially at the quarterback position, is definitely something that uh, is going to be in his favor. So I think there's good good things for the Giants on the defensive side of the ball. They've got to be aggressive. They've got to just uh, create havoc. Uh, they've got to make a plan of attack and stick to it. And 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 they got to you know have each other support. 
And, you know, the big plays are, are, what are, are what are turning games around now in, in the National Football League, whether it's uh, tip passes, interceptions, fumbles, fumble recoveries, behind the line of scrimmage plays. Those types of things are, are, are there. And so the, the, the key players, the big play guys, need to make those big plays. Parcells used to, used to say it all the time. You know, our, our star players need to play like stars. They need, they need to make plays when the opportunity presents itself. And they've got to find some guys that will step up and, and take that role. Well, Gary, I want to thank you for coming on. Before you go, what was your favorite sports movie of all time? Man, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I like the Brian Piccolo story. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a football guy. I, you know, some of those, uh, some of those, uh, you know, tug at your heartstrings movies here in Texas. Growing up playing Texas high school football, Friday Night Lights um, is is a pretty pretty cool story about. Uh, uh, what happened in Odessa Permian and and uh, all that good story out there. Um, so yeah, I, I'd go with a couple of those. Uh, you know, obviously in the football genre, and you know, even some of the comedy ones as well. Well, we definitely appreciate you taking the time, Gary. Where can everybody yes. find you if they're looking to, to find you? Well, hey, I'm here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I'm a broadcaster now. I've still been doing that. I've just I do college football in the fall, but in in the uh, my, uh, my day-to-day business world, I'm, I'm a healthcare consultant. I actually have uh, some solutions in the healthcare world that I work with employers, large employers, whether they're 100 employees or more, and I can add a couple of different uh, solutions that are a la carte, that are uh, add-ons, bolt-ons to their healthcare plans to provide better uh, services and, uh, for, uh, for their, their members, their employees, and better outcomes for their patients, and also I can save significant revenue or monies for for the uh, the company organization with these plans. Uh, some of them are immediate hard dollar savings opportunities. So uh, it, these are big win programs. So they can reach me at Gary at proathletesteam.com. My company is proathletesteam.com. Just take a look at it and give me a ring and uh, you know just drop me a note and we'll we'll be happy to uh, uh, get in touch with you. Gary at proathletesteam.com and. That's where I'm at, guys, and uh, just enjoying life. And it's been it's been a good ride for me, and and, and I appreciate you having me on the show tonight. Thank you for joining here. us. Super You're always Bowl welcome champion. back, Gary. Super yeah. Bowl champion Gary Two times. And he's a giant and a former giant. I mean, for me, who's, who's the guy? Who's the guy behind the scenes that I can't see, but I hear his voice? Who is that? Uh, is it? That's cool, Jake. That's the cool Jake. All right, excuse you. I am the cool <laughs> Sorry, Jake. I'm out of order. Watch yourself. Uh, right. I, I assume you're talking about our producer, JT, or his name is also Jake. I'm assuming that's who you're talking about at the moment. Yeah, right. He he helps there, us there out you. on the back end, but yes. yes. He has a face no. for radio. Wow. <laughs> you're real nice, wow. John. You're a real nice, nice. guy. Look who's that's talking. That's coming from John. Yeah, really. Now we're in trouble. Yeah. All right. what, what, what do you guys think about the Giants this year, huh? What, what do you guys think? You might let me. You want me to go first, Jake? Because I have one guy sure, that John, I'd like to sure. zero in on. John, it's sure, all about because, this play that he just John, hold on. didn't John, make. You, you are Gary. I'd like to set the scene. John is a defender of when Brian Flores would sit to a uh, in his Look, rookie season. No. So I'd like you I to understand. Go after, that's who this kind of guy is. I want to go after Kenny Galladay for that disgusting uh, him, effort that he. Decided he decided not to try even block a guy in their last preseason game, had a chance to block the defensive back, and he went up to block him, and then he stepped back and chose not to block the guy, and his running back got tackled. What kind of effort is that as a football player when you're a receiver and you're supposed to block 
And instead of going up and making contact with the, with the defensive back, you step back and you're like, I'm good. I'm making a business decision. This is preseason. I don't like that kind of effort. I don't want football players like that on my team. I don't care what you make. Get that guy out of here because that is just cancer to the locker room. That type of effort or that lack wow. thereof. I don't, Strong I don't care. Words, for that. John. Strong words. Well, you know, in that situation, you know, there's a, there's a thing that, that really transpires in today's game. And it's the coach's responsibility, but it's also the, the, the team leader's responsibility. And that's to set the level of expectations for this football team. Okay. And if that had not clearly been done with, you know, that effort and that block or non-block, it certainly was addressed after that. That is not how, how you want to be conducted. Now, you know, you, you, the guy just just take a gallery is probably thinking more. This is training camp. This is this is this is preseason. But you know, yeah, and, and nobody really plays. Believe me, guys, it's hard to watch that stuff because preseason yep. today these days they mean nothing. You know, fifty three or so spots are already predetermined of 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 the of the of team before they get to camp. Five or sixteen, five or six players. You know, it's, it's whether they're going to make it or not. It's really going right. to be it. But they bring in eighty plus and. You know, it's 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 kind of smoke and mirrors. But and, you know how it is, Gary. Like back in your day, it was anybody could take your spot at any time. So yeah. you had to make sure you gave it your all. Now it's the complete opposite where it's like, well, I got a guaranteed – I got a huge contract. I'm Kenny Galladay. And I got this basically guaranteed so there's nothing the Giants can do. So I'm going to make a business decision. You can sit me all you want, but I'm still getting paid. Like, I don't know. I'm the old – I'm old school – I like the, you know, your job is on the line. You better play hard. If you're on the field, you better give it 110. percent But, that's, but then, that's how could you be okay with benching your quarterback in the fourth quarter of a close game when he's a rookie? Look, so that, no. I mean, that, that, no. that was. A I didn't say decision. I was okay with benching Tua. You, you, you did. Yes, you did. Oh. No, I didn't say I was okay with oh. benching oh. my guy. The integrity. Oh, John. Oh, I've never been so disappointed. If you're on Gary, the field, so, give 110. Gary, I am so sorry because. I know for a fact he would argue tooth and nail about this, and apparently he wants to go back on the 110% board, so. if you're on the field. If not, get off the field. That's okay. Here's the thing, guys. In professional sports today, sure, there's guaranteed contracts. There's money issues. There's status and there's position, okay? But there's also a team, and you have to establish and set the level of expectation for that team to operate. I don't care if you are a third-string offensive guard just trying to make the team or you're Lawrence Taylor. There's a level of expectation of how you conduct yourself within the teamwork of this. So, you know, you've got to play. You've got to make effort. And, you know, one thing, if you don't, get, if you don't show effort, you know, it shows that you don't want to play. Um, there, there is the, the business side of it, which, is, which kind of gets in the way a lot of times now with marketing, with the free agency and, and the guaranteed dollars. But it's a it's a hard thing to, to kind of manage. But the coaches that are successful, they're the ones that have the ears of the players and they and they respond to those. And also the players in the locker room can handle those things as well and set the level of expectation to where they're going to be tough, physical. You know, that's that's who they want to be and and just got to keep it and maintain it. Everybody's in on it. So hopefully they'll get it turned around. Yeah, yeah I well, definitely think the Giants are going in the right direction with the new coaching staff, uh, with Dable. I like it. I think that they're, you know, going to be better than they were. I just, <laughs> you know, I don't, foresee, 
I don't foresee them being a, a playoff team anytime no. soon. I'm going to leave you guys with this thought, okay? If all goes well, this is what they're trying to get. You know, one of those right there. Oh, <laughs> man, that's beautiful. Really that's a mic drop if I've ever seen one. What you're so this is actually a, an exact replica of our Super Bowl 21 tr trophy. It's perfect. It's identical. My I love it, it so perfect. much. I mean, this year for my birthday, I used to have a, a trophy for Super Bowl 21. The team gave it to us in Super Bowl 25. The Super Bowl 21 one actually disintegrated. It was in my game room in Houston, and it, and just, and it just kind of disintegrated. It fell apart. Oh, that is, but, oh that's wild. Well, this, this is a this is a. I kind of do this when I'm on business calls. You know, I'm here, you know, these are my buddies up here. You can see Lawrence and, and LT and, and, and Harry. Oh, and by the way, we want a couple of these, you know. So that's, that's how it goes. So you call me to talk about some healthcare stuff. I'll, I'll show you the trophy, okay? I like that. Guys, <laughs> okay. appreciate it. Thank you, Harry. Really appreciate you. Have you coming a great on. night. Take care, fellas. John, I can't believe that you sat here and acted like you did not at one point or another, at one point or another, did not say that you supported the benching of Tua if it meant the team was going to win. Because you and I both know that is a bold-faced lie. I don't want. And I am so disappointed. Look, Tua in you. didn't. My point is, Tua didn't do anything wrong. That's not what we're talking about. Wrong. That's and I'm talking about don't change your argument on the don't, field. Don't you dare Look, change talking your about argument. 110 percent on the field. That saw JB, you and I both know that he had previously said he supported the benching of Tua look, and he was look, okay with it. Look, that's all I got to say. I don't even have to speak. Look, John, Deb, you have been caught Deb, red handed. Was, I'm going to crush your face in the draft on Sunday. So I don't care about that right now. Deb, be prepared because I'm going to crush your face in the draft. You can keep oh. Derrick Henry, but the rest of the draft is. John Shear and the Carolina Surgeons. So that's all. Oh, that. John, nobody cares about fantasy at the moment. I do. You got caught in a lie, and you can't admit that you messed up. Look, we're talking about your Giants. We're talking about you brought up Kenny Galladay. That you brought that up. Sauce, one of the weakest players I've ever seen in the NFL. John, this guy gives no effort. Yes, no heart, up, John. No, I know, but we're talking about you. the Giants, and unfortunately, I have to John, talk about that soft you pretzel. That brought this Galladay. upon yourself, and you can't admit, cannot admit, Hang on. you Hang got on. caught. Let, let the fan base have the conversation with John. That's fine. There you go. Look, I, I'm, there's no subject <laughs> change. We're just talking about the G-man. <laughs> Look, John, I just want you to admit that you got caught in a lie, and I'll be I happy. I don't lie. I tell the truth. By the way... You the best football movie, the best football movie, Gridiron Gang, is nope. the best all time. You're wrong. You're so, the best okay, movie of all let's time. Let's do real quick our favorite sports movies. Jake, you could start. That's easy. I look. I love a lot. I love a lot of movies. I'm a very big movie guy, but it's real simple. Keep it easy. Remember the Titans. That movie is great. Movie, beautiful. It not it deals with racial issues, which I really appreciate the way that it's handled. I think that's a great message. I think it's just a phenomenal movie in and of itself. Great acting, great story. It pulls at your heartstrings. Everything about it is absolutely beautiful. Perfect movie. It is one of the few movies I will say is 10 out of 10 in my book. You didn't, there's, uh, choose, there's not many. You didn't choose Draft Day? I like that movie, but I certainly don't like it as much as this. I don't, 
I don't think it's as good as you remember the Tiger. No, I'm just messing. A lot of people hate no. Draft Day. Draft Day is good. good. I think it's a movie. solid movie, but no. All right, JB, what's your favorite? Are we doing favorite football or favorite sports? I'm movie? just doing favorite sports movie, and that just okay. happens to be mine. Okay. Um. So go ahead, Jeff. No, 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 no. You go, go right ahead. I have. Oh, I have it's my, many... it's my question. I'm, I'm gonna go last. So. Look, I have many. Well, I mean. Basketball, my favorite is Coach Carter. That's my. You favorite. pick one, John. Look, pick I have one so movie. many. I'm a. I don't care. Hard. I mean, I love oh. 42. Let's you know. I just don't want to hear this, JB. What's your favorite sports movie? It's a very simple question. Pick one movie. I don't want one from each sport. I want one movie. First, I'll preface it with there are so many good ones, but honestly, my favorite one that I can turn on any time and watch got to be Rudy. That's a great I, love, movie. I think it's overrated. It's overrated. And I think it's you're overrated. A little John. overrated. John, John, you are Rudy, John. You see that sideline sports logo? <laughs> We're the Rudy of sports, man. You know? Come on. You got to have that mentality. It here. doesn't mean the movie's yeah. not a little overrated. Just it's a little not. bit. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah. What's your – all right. I'm going to give you another chance, John. What's your favorite sports movie? And do not give me it's, one person. It's per- a loaded type. gun. It's a loaded gun. Just give me one. Just pick one. Pick, Man. John. Can you I, had you had favorite. over a half hour to decide this. Yeah, well, it's a it's a loaded gun. I, Field of Dreams is my favorite baseball movie, so no. I have to go with John. Field of Dreams. Okay, okay Field of Dreams. Go. That's a very a good movie, and I appreciate the answer. There you go. That's all you had to do. Oh, wow. I like Easy. this. Easy there, Justin Fields. Whoa. Easy. Wow. Oh, and I prefer Justin Fields over Tua. Oh, whoa, whoa, why? Have you seen Tua play football? Uh, yeah, he looks seen... really good. No, he doesn't. Why? Let's not even get into it. He looks terrible. Uh, so what do we got on the agenda today? I'll, I'll turn it to John. I think he's he's done a lot of talking tonight. I'd love to hear him talk more. Come on, what do you got? What do we, what do we got on the agenda tonight, John? Well, Jake, I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about Aaron Judge at all since he yeah, – I mean – What's there to talk about? We talked about him like last week. I mean, look, he hit 50 home runs. He tied the record for most 50 home run seasons before turning, I think it was 31. He's also, he's only the 10th player in history to have uh, multi 50 home, multiple 50 home run seasons. I know he's amazing. What do you want to say? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's for 63 right now. the, The Yankees look like hot garbage. So there's not much to talk about. I think, honestly, I just don't understand why you don't just. Walk him. Give him the Barry Bonds treat. They did. They did last night. Just, last night no, they didn't give walked. a home run to him. John, let me finish. He got walked twice with a man, with a man on second, and I think two outs both times. They walked him because first base was open so that he didn't hit a multi-run uh, home run. <laughs> that was on purpose. They eventually pitched to him, and he did hit a home run, yes, but they did pitch to him, I think, maybe twice. I think he had four at-bats. I think he got pitched to twice. And he only got, I think, the one hit last night was the home run, but he did get intentionally walked twice. Yes. So, so to your point, why did they intentionally walk him? They did. They only well, they used to do it to Barry Bonds, where as soon as he stepped in the box, they gave right. the fingers and he just walked right to first. Are you, are you really going to compare Aaron Judge to Barry Bonds, though? No, I'm just I, I saying, like, I understand what you're trying like to if say. He's hitting but Barry Bonds is way better. Why not just. Just walk him and make like nobody else on the Yankees is really beating you right now. Besides Judge, seems like Judge is the one doing everything. So why not just say somebody else beat you? 
Yeah, but why, because, why would you because, put Leon first? Why would because you when, first you play, Leon? when you play a sport, you have an ego. You think you're the best. You don't care who you're playing against, so you're not going to be John, think about this for a second. If there's a man on second already, what's putting a man on first going to do? If there's two outs, nothing. There's now force at all bases. Okay, great. But if there's nobody on base, two outs, why would you put a man on first? Why would you risk putting a man on first? It doesn't make sense. you're not giving up a home run to Aaron Judge. But that's not the point. Because if you put if, if you put the man on first, you can potentially score. Now, it's unlikely, but you never know. It, it happens. It could happen as opposed to if there's a man on second already, if somebody gets a hit, a run is scoring, period, end of story. So having the man on first doesn't really change the odds of the run being scored because the run likely going to be scored is the I man would on take second. my chances anybody else in that lineup that's not I wouldn't. Aaron Judge. I, I would not. So you don't, I don't you think, think that's that, a, it's a smart risk. How do I don't you, think so. It's, yeah, you can't play sports judges giving up extra base runners. That's you don't want to, but I mean, at that He's point, not Barry Bonds. at that He's point, not. you don't want to give up what well, almost seems like a these days a guaranteed home run to judge because everybody for some reason pitches right down Broadway to him. I have no idea why. And he's just like, Hey, I'm going to hit it 430 feet. I would just but walk him. Admittedly. I, I, I get your uh, point, yeah. but, but if you put a, a base runner on just, if there wasn't one, it makes no sense. If there was one already, I, it's understandable at least. He's and not why killing would you, you give, with the speed. He's not. Why would you the give bases. extra base runners? to Yankees? Why would you why give the Yankees an extra chance? Right. With the with that lineup, why would you put extra guys on? Because nobody else is taking care of business right now. That's not Josh. true. So why That's so why give them true. other opportunities? Why give them a chance to wake up, John? You've watched enough baseball. You, I you don't, I've don't always been of this mindset: if a guy's hitting mashing home runs like that, just walk him. Force somebody else to beat you. If there's right. only one guy killing you, okay. But then hold on. What happens when somebody else does beat you? That's then you look like an idiot. Take. That's a chance. It's not, it's, only, John, let me ask this, shot. Let me ask, oh, let me ask this. You have Aaron Judge, solo shot. Anybody else, minimum two-run home run. Which would you prefer? I take my chances. That's not what I asked you. Forget chances. Just a simple choice. I'd take what? anything that Aaron not Judge stop. doesn't do. Listen to me. You got a solo shot for Aaron Judge on this side. And you've got a multi-run home run sh- on this side. Which do you choose? I don't I, care about anybody else that's not Aaron Judge. So you would choose multiple runs being scored. Let them swing the bat. It's just like in basketball. John, stop, John. You're not answering the question. Answer I'm the question, saying you're, anything no, that no, Aaron Judge is going. There are two I'm outcomes. Okay John, there are two outcomes. Aaron can, Judge is. I'm telling you, 100 percent. Aaron Judge will hit a home run. I'm telling you, 100 percent. Whoever else is going to bat. Is going to hit a multi-run home run. I'll take that. Which I'll do you choose? I'll take. You'll the take ladder. the multi-run home run. I'll take the latter. Aaron You'll Judge take the multi-run home run. Aaron Judge isn't beating me. You will take the multi-run home run. Yes or no? Yep. That is why you will never coach in sports, John. Nobody. It's just I mean, I, like in nobody, basketball, where I'm, nobody where I'm going to double choose, Curry. Why would you choose to give up force, more runs? You're giving yourself a larger else. deficit. I'm going to force somebody else from the three-point line who's open but, to shoot that ball instead of Steph Curry. But that's, that's not a risk that makes sense. I'm going to take that every it's single do, time. That's two different things, John, because if LeBron or Steph scores the three, three points is three points is three points. Three points doesn't change. If it's a two, it's still a two. The points don't change. Whether I shoot it, you shoot it, LeBron, Steph, Clay, it doesn't I'll matter. Live the with, points I'll live are with stand, a lesser person shooting the but ball. But you're missing the point. 
Those points are standard. If Judge gets one run, that's the that's one. If you Thanks. put Judge on base, it's two. You've changed. You've made the outcome worse. Judge so my point is, it, it's not about who it is, John. I'll give yeah. it. I'll make. I'll put you at the plate, and you're going to guarantee a home run. Versus me at the plate, and it's going to be a two-run home run. I would still choose anybody you else. Home. Anybody else except Judge at that point. That makes there's that makes Thanks. no sense though. Thanks. There's no reason for it. Why would you ever if, if if it's the bottom of the ninth and you're guaranteed one of the two outcomes? I would choose the one run outcome all day, all day. Why would you want extra runs to get scored, John? I'm not letting Judge beat me. But that's not the question. Why that's would all you? All I want, care about whenever why, why would if you, I'm athletics or whoever just don't let Judge beat me, John. Nobody would say you. that. That is so beyond asinine, it's ridiculous. Thank you. Thank you. That is how you lose games. That's what I'm hearing. You would you would rather lose a game. You'd rather risk losing a game. Yes. That is you know what? That's you know what, JB, it makes sense. He's an O's fan. He's used to losing. He's accepted losing. We, as Yankee fans, we don't like losing. We're not used to losing. We don't accept just, losing. So we choose it's a logical one outcome. It's one thing if you got a three and one count on him, then you walk him. You don't. You don't. You don't throw a three one. No, fast don't throw a three two. He's going to destroy you. But if you're if you're playing, you know, you're not going to walk a guy just to walk a guy. You don't give extra base runners. You don't want that lineup to wake up, John. Anybody in that lineup one through nine can beat you. That's not. You don't put any extra guys on base. You pitch. Right. That's a simple fact. You would not do that. I understand your point is you don't want judge to beat you. It's the principle of the person. I get what you're saying, but it doesn't make sense to take that risk ever because that's how you lose game. If you do that every single time in the game, think about it like this. You pitch to judge four times, right? Let's say he goes four for four with four home runs, which is so beyond unlikely. You're down four, nothing to judge as opposed to you walk him all four times and somehow four home runs are hit. That's eight runs. That is such a worse position to be in. I would rather come back from four nothing than eight nothing. I would rather be down four than eight. That is, that's basically what you're saying, and I, I, I just don't understand. And you know what? The Angels won last night, and you know why they won? Because they played smart baseball. They played the right way in terms of when to walk him. They took the risk when there was nobody on base, so he had a solo shot, as opposed to with runners on base. If he hits one home run at least a tie game and the tides may have changed, you know, based on the final score would be at least a tie game. Tides may have changed. They lose that game. I, I, I don't get it. I, I really, I would love for you to try to explain. By the way, Barry Bonds has 330. He had 333 intentional walks from age 37 on. That's the most that anybody's ever had in an entire career. And that was just from age 37 on. He ended his career with 688 intentional walks. Yep. Because so, he's Barry Bonds and he hit a lot of home runs. He's not the home run king. I would love to know. Runs. I'd love to know how many of those were in, you know, let's with, with no men on. How many times? Tune in next it? week and I will have that information. Tune in next week and I will make sure I have that info. I will. I'll try it now. Don't listen. Listen, it's quite simple. Our judge is not Barry Bonds. I, I could care less. Judd, you. What you're do you mean you can care less? You're, you're a Yankees you're, you're, fan. You're a ludicrous for even talking like that. Barry Bonds is in the top five baseball players of all time. 
before and after whatever supplements he was on. Fourth all-time in war. You know, so Aaron Judge is a very good baseball player. Is he a top five player of all time? No. No, so, I never said that. So why would okay, I intentionally so, walk at anybody? Real quick. Barry Bonds has been intentionally walked with empty bases 41 times. That is the uh, that is the most by a long shot. And he was walked 75 times when there was just a runner on first base, which I still think is ridiculous. But regardless, my point is, he was walked plenty, and most of the time, it wasn't to give an extra base runner. And I don't know how many outs. I don't know any of that. I, I, so, Jake, so there's, a lot, there's had, a lot of stats I'm missing. If he had a little over 100 collective intentional walks with empty bases and a guy on first, that means he had I, I don't over, know if those are the collective stats. That means he had over 500 walks I, with two guys I don't, on I don't know all the stats. So I'm just reading what I find. No, I know. I'm just telling you. That means the rest of them, which is over 500 – or with either two guys on, or with the bases loaded. I don't, I don't know think, how accurate I don't think, are. I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think that's accurate. I don't know that it if is. If Jake just, told me seventy-five with first base with one, I'm man just trying on. to find all the stats here, John. I, I, John, I, I don't think that's accurate. Just go um, by his numbers. I, again, I don't know how right they are. I'm just saying. God, I'm trying John, to he's find. Already it. Said he's already said he's looking. He doesn't know if it's accurate, John. We do know it's accurate that you're okay with benching your quarterback in the fourth quarter in a close game. That we do know is accurate. At least I have a quarter. At least I have a quarterback. Barely. I wouldn't call him. No, 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 no. You don't. You don't. No. No. That's why Tyrod Taylor was gonna get the job before he got hurt. Honestly, Tyrod Taylor is a pretty solid quarterback. He's better than Tua. (laughs) So what's your what's your point? What's you're your not point? winning games with Tyrod Taylor. You're not winning games with Tua Tagovailoa. So what's your point? You don't know that. You really? didn't see the very first play of the last preseason game. You preseason matters now, really. What is no, preseason? I'm just saying, like he's showing you some of the things that he could do against who, John? Against who? Just saying, it looked really dynamic. So, so, so last year, Tua having 16 touchdowns and 10 interceptions is going to win you games. He didn't even break. He didn't even break 3,000 yards. That's going to win you games. Come on, don't it's act the like same Tua's as Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and him have That's, identical passing uh, stats, but people are higher on Jalen Hurts. Okay. I, I, I'm not one of those people, though. And actually, Jalen Hurts is better. He threw for more yards, by the way, but not the point. But their stats Just are saying. basically identical. Again, I'm not as high on Jalen Hurts as everybody else, though. So I'm I'm not them. I still think you're wrong. So what's your point? I'm just saying they looked really good in limited action. Him and okay. Tyreek Hill looked really, okay, that's great. really good. But I've also it's seen I've also it's seen pre-season. throws where Tua where completely misses Tyreek Hill, and it's beyond painful to watch. So what's your excuse for that? Where, he looked. He had a perfect pass. How did he miss Tyreek so, Hill? He had a perfect so pass Can I say yeah, during games? Okay. I just I said in general. That. I've seen it. I'm, I'll mute both you guys. We're gonna we're gonna talk about preseason and things that counted. Why two was the best? Then if that's the case, the Broncos should be kicked out of the NFL. They gave up nine yards rushing to every Bills running back except for the one who had two touchdowns. And that was because he had two touchdowns because he still averaged over six yards a carry. So take preseason, throw it out the window. We will see on September 11th what Tua has. No, I'm just, right. My so, point, it was not about the game. It's just like in that limited action, that looked really dynamic. And John, you know what it means? So, there, it, nothing. So what was the limited nothing. action? Was it in the regular season? Just saying, like 
They look. You know, someone really doesn't answer the question. They've never yeah, played together. Hey, John. Right. Let me and let me tell you something. Was it preseason? Everybody looks good in preseason. Not preseason means nothing. I'll give you. I'll give you a perfect example. The Cleveland Browns. I'm fairly certain about this. I'm gonna have to look this up. So, let me let me preface this by saying I'm not a thousand percent certain. I'm very very certain on this though. The Cleveland Browns once went, I believe, four and zero when they still did four games in the preseason. Lions. You're thinking of the Lions. Okay, but you know exactly where I'm going. With this yes. perfect preseason, and then no wins during the regular season. So my point is no, proven. It means it's not nothing. about that. It's not about that. It's then what the is it about? Point of preseason is you watch to see if you watch to see the chemistry. You watch to see what these guys right. are doing together. Like that's how fine. they're gelling. That's what I'm talking about. But in and the, and limited action, when the Lions like played, when, when the Lions were 4-0, their chemistry looked great. They looked yeah. beautiful. Jake. Everything looked great. They went 0-16, John. What's your point? They, no, I remember that. Jake, yeah. Jake, they're gelling. They're gelling. And you know what's going to happen, John? They're going to stop gelling because it's preseason. It means nothing. Nada. It Zip, means zilch. nothing. All right. I mean, I'm just telling you, like, John, right now, right you now, you looked really John. scary. Aha! Uh-huh. And you were wrong, John. It was the 2017 Browns. Well, the Lions JT went. Just... The Lions went four and zero, and then went. But to I was right. The Browns well, did yeah. it as well. But I was 2017 Browns. But because the Lions went four and zero, my point is proven twice: four and zero in the regular season, zero and sixteen in the regular season. Preseason proves to be nothing. John, nothing for you. Right now, is Miami beating the Bills in the AFC East? They could. Oh, it, not they could. Not they could. Yes or no? If the Dolphins' John, depth, John Shear. No. Before you answer, would you like to let John, me finish? No. no. John okay. Shear. Thanks for asking. The journalist, the John Shear, the journalist, explain to me why you think the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East. If the if the offensive line depth holds up, which I've said before is is the issue, that and the cornerback depth, if both of those things hold up for the Dolphins, they can compete with anybody in the AFC. Why? But those two things have to hold what? up. Hold on. So let's say they hold up. What about them allows them to hold up with anybody? Please they, explain. They have a top-tier defense. Can't argue right. that. They have a top-tier That's defense. And then the offense, all the weapons that they just added, and then you have a competent coach in Mike McDaniel. So, hold on. All I'm hearing hearing is if Tua plays well, the offense can be good. Can be No, I said if the offensive line holds up. But what you just said to me is we added players. So, what that's saying is the offense can be good, but I don't have any proof that it will be good. I I don't – like, I don't know what – like I said, I don't know what Tua is going to be. Because right. it's but it's like I point. don't I don't say a quarterback is elite it be based on one so, year. Like I got to see more of a sample size to say this so guy John, is this. John, what you're saying to me is a lot of ifs, and I don't believe in ifs. I believe in reality. I base my thoughts in what I know. Well, he and asked, what I know is what I know to be true, and why the Dolphins would not win the division, which was the question, is because of how good the Bills are. The Bills have a top-tier defense. The Bills have one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. The Bills were just in the AFC Championship. Stephon Diggs is a great receiver. No, the Bills were not in the AFC Championship. Yes, they were. They were 13 seconds away from the AFC Championship. They were in the AFC Championship. No, 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 no. The Chiefs and the Bengals were. Oh, you're right. Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Excuse me. You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Either way, my point is still proven that 
the Bills have proven a lot of things to me. Now, the Bills' biggest issue is running back. But, but even they did get with Cook. that, but, oh, but even with that, forget that that's their issue, right? Does the Bills' offense score a lot of points? Yup. Is the Bills' offensive line great? Yup. Is the Bills' quarterback, Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league? Yup. I'm not saying what number he ranks. I'm just saying he's one of the best. Right, and you can't dispute it. Is Stephon Diggs one of the best number one receivers in the league? Absolutely. Now, where he ranks can be debated, and that's fine. But we have that. What do the Dolphins have? Elite defense. Okay, so both teams have elite defense. One and one. Elite number one receiver. I give it 2-2. Two, two. Right. Elite quarterback. Bills. Not at what's been proven. Bills. Elite offensive line. Bills. That's what I'm pointing out. See, you got four to two unproven things. Proven see, things. Thing and is, running back is running backs are also washed because the Dolphins running backs can be very good. You have a guy like Raheem Mostert who could be very good. Evans, but he right. but but they're both guys that don't play enough to know how good they will be over a full season. And see, so my thing, point being and I said Bills this have more proven things why they will win. That I'm is why surprised you, you didn't it. mention, I guess because you're arguing for them, you did not mention that they lost Brian Dable. It's a huge That's, loss. But and, and that but that falls into the if category, which is what I'm avoiding. How will they play without Brian Dable? We don't know. So I have to go based on only the things I know for certain. The, just like but the JB Dolphins, asked just me fun. how just the like Dolphins how, can win the division. Right. But my point is, how can the Dolphins win the division? I understand the question. My yep. point is, what do the Dolphins have? Versus what do the Bills have that we know has been proven? What are the proven facts and stats and you know points about these teams? The Bills have more for them. That is why the Bills win the division. Simply put, they well, have more proven. That is what I'm working in. We're going to – New coaches. I but there's more in fact that I can use for the Bills than the Dolphins. And that's why all of yours is hypotheticals so, and why I know the Dolphins aren't going to win because everything Jake, is on air. Jake, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off there. I'm going to say we're going to start wrapping up. But join us next week. We got, three, we, got, John, we got two minutes. I got as John tells us why Miami will go seventeen and zero. Why you're the wearing Heat the Miami eight, shirt, though. Why the why the Heat will go eighty two and zero. Why the Carolina Panthers will not no, lose a game. Not a Panthers. <laughs> you mean the Carolina Hurricanes? It doesn't matter. They're it does. neither one of them is winning the Stanley Cup, so it doesn't matter. But the, you know, well, they'll go eighty and zero. And 82. you know the Oreos. 82. The Oreos next season will win 162 games. So join us next week as John maps why all that's going to happen. Because you know you don't want to miss that episode. Uh, no, of course not. JB, I'll turn it to you, sir. Just tell everybody where you can find. Out. Let's wrap this thing up. So I want to give a big thanks to Gary Reasons taking some time joining us tonight. You can find me at JB underscore the program on Twitter. Sideline Sports every Tuesday night. Confidential coming up at eleven. South Florida Tribune, Wednesdays at 8. A lot of other places. I'm too tired to tell you about it. And I I don't want to take away more time from Jake. But if it was John's time, I'd keep going. (laughs) John, John, make it quick. Blue Hawks 13. All right, Jake, go on. Wow, that was really quick. Wow. JB, we did a good job tiring him around. I'm I'm proud of it. We only got a minute left. That's fine. Hey, that's fine. I, I don't need a minute, but I'll take it. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. Just look me up on any social media. That's my name. That's always where I am. As you see, scrolling across the bottom of your screen, our places are Instagram and Twitter is Sideline Sport 1. YouTube and Facebook is Sideline Sports for Facebook. We have a group for the 
page. We have everything. Just look us up. Uh, DBTV. We are constantly, things are expanding there. So please check us out. It is us, the sports arena. So quick shout out to Eric and John who obviously helps that sports arena also on DBTV. Things are going great with that. Love that. Got to pay the bills with that. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TikTok. We are absolutely everywhere. We're covering all the sports. We are, as we like to say, the people's version of the four-letter word. You know what organization we're talking about. And on that note, everybody, have a good one, and we will see you next time. Later. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Oh, welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's just no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid.